Okay, so we're here with Mark Elliott from Better Bike. Hey, Mark. So you biked up here. That's a good thing. Uh, I try and bike everywhere. Really? Do you do you have a car? Uh, I do have a car. So I'm one of those cyclists who uh, has a dual identity as a cyclist and motorist. But uh, generally, I do prefer the bike perspective. What's the bike perspective? Uh, the bike perspective is a uh, is on top of two wheels and usually moving more quickly than traffic uh, here in LA. Slightly higher point of view and uh, much more agile. That's what I think about the bike perspective. Cool. So do you do mostly commuter type biking or do you also get out on the weekends and just ride around? Uh, I do both. Mostly I uh, tend to be a kind of utility cyclist or commuter cyclist, you know, recreational boulevard riding cyclist. And in the past I had a regular um, uh, kind of sport route that took me up in the hills and over the valley and kind of would make this uh, maybe 90-minute circuit, but lately it's mostly been about just riding the boulevards. You don't do the sport route anymore? I don't really do the sport route anymore, only because uh, it seems like I can kind of weave in my cycle riding with uh, errands I have to do, or I go get a nice cup of coffee here or there, and it's, uh, it's just a little bit more, I guess, time-effective. And so you are, what position do you have with the Better Bike? And can you tell me about that? Sure. I organized Better Bike um, Beverly Hills back in, uh, I guess, early 2010 uh, when I was, like a lot of cyclists, you know, riding across town, happened to be riding across town that day and uh, riding through my, my town. I live in Beverly Hills and just wondering, you know, where are the bike lanes? Where's the signage after, a, you know, a close call or two with a, with a motorist? thinking, you know, exactly, you know, where is my city on, on bike facilities and bike infrastructure? So, uh, you know, as a, as a planner, I'm educated as a city planner. I thought, well, the first place to look is my city's general plan. What, what does the circulation element or the mobility element, what does that say about, about bicyclists and bicycling? And, I, uh, of course, I found this really pathetic bike plan. And as I'm looking over this bike plan, just a four or five page long bike plan, I realized, you know, this is just totally pro forma. And uh, there's no real, nothing, no real mention of facilities or programs, nothing about uh, implementation or anything. And it was just kind of an outrage. So I started making some calls and I realized that, uh, yeah, you know, my city just doesn't have any stand on, uh, on active transportation whatsoever. It's uh, just all about the motorists. Beverly Hills. That is Beverly Hills. What What is it about your city that would make it not ha- more interested in, in biking? Um, well, you know, we have, like a lot of places in, uh, in L.A. area, we have this, you know, latent population of uh, uh, cyclists, uh, would-be cyclists who would take a bike for the errands or would maybe send their kids to school on a bike, you know, would uh, even commute on a bike because we're just in a great position on the west side kind of a keystone uh, piece of the west side transportation wise and we have this population uh, that would bike you know if they thought that it was uh, safe if they thought that uh, that they would uh, might find some protection or might find a welcome um, you know after you have to realize that my uh, my city is a fairly wealthy city but we haven't installed a bike rack probably in five years and mm. uh, that's just the kind of the overall negative welcome that cyclists get in beverly hills and 
you know, I, I hear about Beverly Hills also opposing public transportation projects like uh, rail. Um, yeah, we, uh, well, to, to be fair, we don't reject it anymore. Back in the uh, in the 80s when the metro, when the red line was, was being built, Beverly Hills was one of those kind of standout communities that just, uh, you know, went to the boards, we don't want rail. And, uh, of course, you know, there was this... Uh, problem with the gas explosion and then uh, Henry Waxman in DC eliminated uh, federal subsidies for the line so we didn't really have to press any more on that um, so now cut to um, cut to the last few years when we're talking about the, the west side rail extension and it turns out that now Beverly Hills welcomes it because they you know they see it as possibly an econo- economic boost so we are on record as supporting the rail However, where um, other transit's concerned, like a bus rapid transit line, uh, no, we, we, Beverly Hills, were not supporting bus rapid transit on, uh, on Wilshire. Not supporting bus rapid transit. Uh, yeah, wh- why is that? Um, well, you know, it's a, it's a good question. Um, bus rapid transit, uh, you know, just in a nutshell, is uh, on Wilshire Boulevard, probably the heaviest traveled west side route for public transit. You know, do we want to provide bus-only lanes, perhaps bus and bicycle-shared lanes for that corridor to help move all those poor souls who are sitting on a Metro Rapid bus like the 720 line. Do we want to help move them across town more quickly? And Beverly Hills is one of the communities that uh, that said, no, we we really don't, and I don't know that we've actually taken a position opposing, but we have not supported it. And Bill Rosendahl also kind of came to the defense of some of his Condo Canyon communities on uh, Western Wilshire, uh, who also didn't support turning over a lane to mass transit. And so uh, there's uh, now City of Los Angeles has approved a bus rapid transit line uh, with these pieces missing, like Condo Canyon. And of course, Beverly Hills, which is a uh, famous choke point for auto congestion, you know, we're not supporting uh, dedicated lanes for transit through our town either. And if you think about it, it would be just be a wonderful idea to, to devote a lane to mass transit all along Wilshire, this heavily traveled spine, move people more quickly, encourage people to take transit, maybe make it a shared bu- uh, bike lane as well, encourage people to get on uh, to get on the bikes. But, uh, of course, you know, it's just easier to kind of now piecemeal this thing. And uh, so it, it, it just doesn't look so good for bus rapid transit on Wilshire. It's easier to piecemeal it. You mean oppose it in pieces, or? Oh no, I'm sorry. Piecemeal it, as in, well, let's move ahead with a with with bus rapid transit or dedicated bus lanes on Wilshire um, for this piece east of Beverly Hills, and then a, a piece in the west in the west side, say west of um, Condo Canyon between Condo Canyon and Santa Monica, and then we'll just have these two huge pieces, huge critical pieces in in West LA, Condo Canyon, and in Beverly Hills that. Uh, that w- we will not provide dedicated bus lanes. So, you know, you're, you're great if you're coming from downtown, going to Santa Monica, as so many people do for their work. You know, you're, you're just golden until you hit the, the border of Beverly Hills, and then, you know, you're just chock-a-block in, in the congestion with every other motorist. Hmm. Do you go to the city council meetings? Um, Beverly Hills City Council? Yeah. Uh, I do. I attend Beverly Hills City Council meetings, and probably even more often I attend... We have a traffic and parking commission and also a planning commission. I attend both of those meetings, um, especially traffic and parking, because that's just most relevant to my work with bicycles. What's the? Uh, are you in the minority over there as far as your views about transportation? Um, I'd say in, in probably Beverly Hills as a whole, you, know, you have to realize it's a, it's a town that just hasn't 
hasn't awoken, you know, to the possibilities of of, uh, of bicycles. So in that sense, we're in the minority because uh, most folks are just a you know a culture to uh, to being motorists. They haven't really thought about taking a bike if they even have a bike in their garage. And yet, you know, we're we're a kind of a small population of cyclists now, potentially a much bigger population, and. Uh, so, in that sense, still the minority. Well, let's. Can we pause for a second? Take a call. Sure. This is a biker named Active. Hey, Active, you're on the air. Hey, good morning, guys. How is everybody? Good morning. Good. Um, we're talking about the uh, Beverly Hills. Um, what are we talking about? The Beverly Hills uh, bike uh, political um, organization called Better Bike, and they're trying to trying to make more, uh, you know, infrastructure in that city. Uh, what are you what are you doing today active uh well today um right now i'm at work you know trying to recover from a wonderful all city uh toy ride we had last night yeah i was i was there for a little bit how was it what's your perspective you know what it was it, it was really great you know i think a lot of kids are going to benefit from the toys i know there was two charities that were going to be giving these toys out you know and everything everything went off without a hitch you know we had a little incident with the cops harassing some riders during the the ride from Alvera Street over to the to the warehouse, but I mean, it was a wild ride. So, yeah, I, I heard that. Uh, I heard there were some tickets given out. I actually heard there was there was a couple of tickets given out, and somebody got arrested. And I'm uh, and I'm trying to confirm that, so I won't even say any names yet. Well, that's too bad. But the party went off well. Yeah, the party went off great. You know, I wish I could have stayed till the end. I had to leave around you know one thirty in the morning because I had to go to work today. Chicken Leather just came in. He's the hardest working uh, videographer in the bike scene. He was he was there with his little camera on a uh, stick. It didn't uh, look like he was videotaping anything. He was just shaking his boogie down. <laughs> I thought he was there when I was there. He, he, he was there when what happened? There were some arrests. Did you know that? Well, well yeah, that, that was that one arrest I, I had heard about, but I, I hadn't had any confirmation. Well, anyway, let's focus on the positive. The kids got the toys. Absolutely, you know, and uh, you know, the, everything down at the warehouse went off without a hitch. You know, there was no, there was no problems. Everything, you know, went smoothly. People were on the RSVP guest list, and everybody got in. There was uh, there was screen printing going on by Roadblock. They, you know, we had some, some great bands playing, and you know, the beer was flowing all night. You know, and all in all, you know, nothing nothing really went wrong except for those incidents we spoke about earlier. But hopefully. You know, all these kids are, you know, gonna get a little bit of uh, sunshine in their in their uh, unfortunate circumstances. You know, for some of these kids, they wouldn't have had any toys for Christmas, and hopefully, they can at least get something to brighten up their day. You know? Yeah, yeah. And there was a whole truck full of toys. It was cool to see. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, you know, all I kept hearing all night long was, "Where do we give the toys? Where do we give the toys?" You know, people were just eager, and I was, and I, I was proud to see that writers. They didn't come with one toy. They kept, you know, I, I saw riders coming with five and ten toys. You know, why stop at one? Really? People came with five and ten toys. That's great. So the bike scene, uh, you know, just really pulled it together here for for this. Absolutely. And then, you know, now, you know, also, you know, the bike scene is, you know, spreading, you know, even further into the smaller municipalities around L.A. You guys are talking about how Beverly Hills is trying to, better the infrastructure over there for the cycling community so hopefully yeah. that goes especially with uh with the tax revenues over there they should have an easier time having 
deal with the funding for these compared to other cities that are having budget deficits. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we, that's something we should talk about. You know, you, you probably, you know, people probably wonder if they have if they have money, you know, where's the bike infrastructure? But that's what we're talking about. And uh, so thanks for calling in. Do you want to say anything else, Active? Uh, spoken Art Rights happening tonight. Come on down to the bike oven. Meet up around 6 o'clock. Chicken Leather can give you guys more details later during the show. And I hope everybody has a great weekend, and I'll talk to you guys next weekend. All right. Thanks, Active. Thanks for calling. All right, man. Have a good one. Okay, so we're back with Mark Elliott uh, from Better Bike in Beverly Hills, and we're talking about, uh, you know, the, the caller just said, you know, you guys have property revenues. Why don't you have the bike infrastructure? And that's what we're pretty much explaining here, right? Uh, yeah, I guess that's that's what I'm asking as as well. Um, we have more than property revenues. We have uh, sales tax revenues. You know, we're a huge sales tax generator. So I think by by any measure, the city's pretty well funded. Um, at the same time, uh, the city's in the last in the last that's a couple of years. You know, with the, the financial crisis and all, the city has also to some extent hollowed hollowed out its um, its ranks. It's sent a few people packing off in retirement and we subcontract out more than than we ever have before um uh, so subcontract what i'll subcontract out city services um uh, a lot of our parks and maintenance now subcontracted out i I noticed uh, when i looked at a recent planning agenda one of the regular planning functions uh uh, just a garden variety planner that's uh, subcontracted out now and Hmm. so in a sense you know we're well-funded city, but we're also a city that's reducing services, I guess, like other cities as well. Um, so how does that affect the uh, movement for more bike lanes and more bike parking? And well, you know, the thing is, like a lot of cities, it's all about priorities. And when you look at, at City of Beverly Hills priorities, it's always been about motorists. You know, we have a very kind of retail-centric view of the world. Uh, sales tax is important to us. And it's really a lot about the retailing community. You know, we have a pretty powerful chamber, very well connected in, uh, in City Hall. And um, so when, we, when I talk to policymakers, you know, the, the first concern is, you know, is about retailing, supporting the retail base. And what I try and explain is that cyclists, you know, we are locavores. You know, we're local consumers. Uh, we have, even though Beverly Hills is known for Rodea Drive and, and stuff like that, you know, we have a, a really vibrant, small retailing community. Uh, I live right around the corner from South Beverly Drive. You know, it's a great little strip of uh, all different kinds of shops, you know, from nail salons to, uh, you know, you can get your, uh, your shoes repaired or, your, you know, you can get your dry cleaning. And uh, there's a real opportunity, you know, for, for city policymakers to, to make cyclists more welcome, not just Beverly Hills, but around, you know, the, the west side, you know, pull them in. Tell cyclists, uh, you're welcome here. And then a lot of those retailers that aren't on Rodeo Drive, uh, you know, the, the, the nail salons and the cleaners and the little restaurants and whatever, they'd love to have the additional traffic because mm-hmm. the choke point in Beverly Hills is always traffic. And it's always uh, been about accommodating the motorist. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about priorities in Beverly Hills, you know, we're, we're, we're not putting in any bike infrastructure. Just for the record, you know, we have no bike lanes. There's no signage that relates, relates to bikes. As I mentioned, we haven't installed a bike rack in, uh, in many years. But we have funded uh, large public parking garages. We do have annually a $2.5 million 
deficit for parking operations, which runs those garages. So for, for Beverly Hills, it's always been about creating more car parking, even at uh, public expense, even spaces that cost thirty, forty thousand dollars uh, to construct, just so people can come park the cars. Instead of sending the message, "Hey, you know, leave the car at home, take your bike over. We'll have a rack waiting for you. We might even have a bike center." Well, that's all my vision, you know, but it's not a reality today. Well, you say it's got a nice uh, a stretch for you know. I guess for for shopping, the average person can yeah. do all that. It, but is it's um, how close does it come to being you know what people refer to as a livable community? Like you know what I'm talking about? Well, you know Be- Beverly Hills is a is a in many ways a very livable um, community. It's a it's a very walkable community. Recently, we were you know we, we got this really great uh, walk score from the organization that uh, hands out walk scores for urban environment, and you can see why because we're we're a beautifully planned community. Uh, back in the twenties, when the, uh, the city fathers planted out this community, they they said we're gonna we're gonna actually plan a great community that has a mix of large uh, um, residential lots and small lots. We're going to put commercial strips, kind of scatter them throughout the area. So as a result, we are a very walkable community and could be a very bikeable community as well. You know, there's so much potential there. We're, we're to some extent, we're kind of a well-rounded community. You know, we kind of get a lot of attention for Rodeo Drive and, and those, those big uh, glossy shops. But we do have a, a really um, considerable small retailer base that makes it, very nice to live in Beverly Hills. You know, it's uh, like the old joke about France. Oh, it's a great place. Oh, but the people. And, you know, that's kind of how I feel about living in Beverly Hills <laughs> as well. Um, they're, they're, the people are what? They're too uh, commercially centric? Well, I guess from, from my kind of quasi-Marxist perspective, it's just a little bit too bourgeois uh, mm. uh, in many ways. Maybe you'd expect that in Beverly Hills. Um, but it's, you know, it's... It's a you know a town that's kind of you know f- focused on uh, material uh, material things and you know it's fine it's America but uh, you know, there's also there's n- often not a lot of room for for other things you know for well, uh, active transportation for example you know if it's all about the cars and about the, the, the fancy car you know yeah that, that's what I was kind of is there I think there are a lot there's a lot of uh, thinking about what you know making making streets more bike friendly does to the whole atmosphere of a community and i feel like it's it's probably there's probably a a a good argument already laid out for what happens when you create a lot of bike infrastructure to a community you know like do you have farmers markets over there uh we do have a sunday farmers market at um at our city hall civic uh center you know it's a little bit Paltry, I think maybe people in Beverly Hills, um, maybe they, you know, reflexively, maybe they don't just think about going to a farmer's market for the produce. So we have a, a Whole Foods that, you know, kind of picks wow. up a lot of that slack. Um, we do have a farmer's market, but that that kind of ethos, that farmer's market, um, bike to the local shop, independent coffee house, you know, that's kind of not very well developed in Beverly Hills. Um, you know, we're also... Like uh, like a lot of places in the West Side, you know, we're not totally self-contained. We're a fairly small city of about, I think, thirty-five thousand, and there's ample opportunity to escape Beverly Hills. I I prefer to go to Santa Monica to get a cup of coffee because I just like the vibe over there a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of headroom, should we say, a lot of you know capacity in Beverly Hills to right. can kind of grow that civic uh, mm-hmm. consciousness, that uh, that thing we see in 
Portland and and mm-hmm. na- certain neighborhoods in in Los Angeles that make them livable, diverse, uh, well-rounded places. Beverly Hills has its limitations, but it also has a lot of room to grow in that respect. And and I I for one see cycling as a as a as a kind of means to get us to that to that expanded civic consciousness. You know, it's not all about um, just uh, you know material stuff. It's also about community, and we can grow uh, a lot in that way. Sounds good. Um, so you are part of the uh, LACBC. Better Bike is the regional partnership. Yeah, we're a regional uh, partner. Uh, our, our new neighbors, uh, West Hollywood Bicycle Coalition, um, they just came on the scene also. I think you know, with LACBC, we, we see them really active and interested in generating these regional partners, um, both uh, because it gives LACBC uh, some, some energy, you know, it, it kind of pushes them up from the grassroots, but also because a lot of the work that, that we need to do is really work that we need to do in, in city halls and planning commission meetings or transportation commission meetings. And LACBC, you know, can't be everywhere. It's a county of 10 million people. Uh, and they need, we all need local partners uh, like, uh, like Better Bike, uh, someone to go to the council meeting to remind in public comment, remind them that, uh, hey, we're road users too, to remind the transportation commissioners that, uh, hey, you know, we're talking a lot about parking garages. What about bike lane and a bike rack? You know, we need that that local presence. It's it's really worked in city of Los Angeles. Uh, they've they've made some great strides. Uh, city of Santa Monica also make have made uh, some great strides. Um, Culver City e- even right. Um, and and we just want to see it happen in Beverly even Hills or especially as well. Culver City. Aren't they a success story to some extent? Um, I, I don't know if Culver no. City is a maybe success it was education. Story. I'm sorry, it was education. Yeah, was you thinking. know, Culver City does have a new bike plan. Uh, County Department of Public Health uh, helped them uh, financially help them through that that plan adoption process. Um, I'd say it's not a hundred percent bike consciousness on city council over there, but you know, with the Expo line coming, you know, they're moving forward. Uh, Santa Monica, I think, is uh, and Los Angeles. They are the kind of uh, the, the the local uh, leaders. Uh, Long Beach, when you back up and look a little bit more, kind of Southland regional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Beverly Hills is still the black hole, though. The what? The black hole. The, <laughs> the missing piece. The missing link. Um. So you are here to stop that. Um. I am. I'm here to bring a little bit of the, the bike love to to Beverly Hills and uh, to policymakers. Uh, we have a couple of council members, five-member council, a couple of council members, you know, uh, they understand, they, they get it. They biked as kids. They'd like, they'd like to see it now um, as adults, as family people. Uh, and then we have got a few other council members who maybe really haven't thought about it uh, that much. And, you know, one of our responsibilities is to kind of remind them um, biking, you know, it's a great means of transit, uh, and, and it can really do a lot for Beverly Hills where we're just so choked with uh, car congestion. That's got to be, really, in the end, it's got to be about more than the car and more than the motorist, and, you know, we're here to bring that message home. Well, do you have a presence there? I mean, like, are there cyclists who will show up to your meetings? And so? we, I, I think that's a little bit of the, the, the weak link here. We've... Um, I go to a lot of these meetings myself, and I hold occasional meetings for Better Bike. You know, we can talk about strategy. We don't have a big community of cyclists. It's a fairly small city, so when you look inside Beverly Hills, there's just not a lot of cycling advocates. There's a handful. Um, when you kind of uh, draw that circle a little bit bigger to include West L.A. and, um, you know, edging into mid-city, you know, there, there are more people, and they're interested, too. 
I see it as a kind of a, as a two kind of prong strategy. You know, one is the inside where where we who are resident can go to City Hall and say, hey, you know, we're we're resident here. We need more transportation options here in Beverly Hills. But then there's a role also for this for the larger community uh, that the, those many cyclists who move through Beverly Hills every day, going to UCLA and going to Mid City or going to Hollywood, Santa Monica. You know, we we get a lot of cyclists coming through. We just need to wrap them. Uh, up into this message and you know bring their message to city hall also because ultimately every city you know services the region transportation wise and we uh, would like to get more cyclists on board so if you are a cyclist you're interested you you move through beverly hill you're interested in being a part of the effort um, just uh, check out the site betterbike.org and uh, and let us know uh, what you can do uh, to help us along and what we can do to help you along very nice all right i feel like uh Chicken leather could could lean in and say something. Uh, I could, I could. Actually, we we've seen in in uh, just the last couple of weeks, Metro has had some uh, workshops just to see how they could extend plans, like in um, in Figaro and stuff. But uh, you you mentioned the black hole, and, and last night, what uh, one of the the characters I'm usually with, uh, Bill, uh, Will Campbell, was explaining how how in fact that's what happens a lot of times, and if you're trying to get across town, it's like. Things that we take for granted, like bike lanes, they just sort of stop at the border, and and it, and it's funny because you don't, you don't think of of uh, something like uh, Beverly Hills having a, d- a defined kind of uh, border like a nation or something where a wall goes up or something, and yet it does. I I used to joke about people because I would work in Century City sometimes, or I would work. On the on the outskirts, and they'd say, "Well, you have to go through Beverly Hills," and it was like kind of a joke then, uh, uh, b- because everything would be uh, you'd ha- you'd almost have to drive around, and and it's like I wonder if they really appreciate that. Uh, uh, things like the Museum of uh, Broadcasting is there too, mm-hmm. and and it's like you're, you're you're constantly saying, "Is is this a viable place to have something like mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. important?" Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm just wondering if, if uh, the venues suffer from that. I, I know that there's a lot of street traffic there and stuff in the cafes and stuff, but uh, I'm wondering if the retail can make up for the fact that uh, the public works in, in this sense is lacking. Well, you know, there, like I said, there's just there's so much kind of headroom or capacity to, to, to expand the thinking in Beverly Hills and, you know, get local, uh, local retailers to recognize that, you know, cyclists, are valuable for them. I mean, just just think about, you know, every retailer, every retailer wants, they want more feet through the door, they want more people walking by the shop, and right now the limiting factor in Beverly Hills is capacity, is car capacity. You know, we, um, streets are, are um, you know, over capacity as it is, and uh, we're considered uh, kind of underparked, if you can believe it, uh, even though we've got these big garages. When people think about coming to Beverly Hills for that cup of coffee or to, to buy this or that, you know the the, the reflex is, Jesus, I've got to I've got to actually find a place to park in Beverly Hills, or I'm going to be circling the block, or I'm going to be you know s- stuck on some uh, upper level of a of a parking garage. And so what we want to do is encourage the retailing community to think a little more broadly, a little bit more imagination, you know, take a little more imagination and think that you know the objective here isn't to bring more cars to the city. The objective is for retailers to just bring more feet and more more people by the shop. So there's a lot of headroom. You know, we've got we've got the, the cafes, we've got the small shops. You know, we've got the kind of places you'd 
you'd want to go to on an errand, but you know what we what we don't have is that kind of open embrace of cyclists to get more folks in the in the larger periphery to think about making Beverly Hills a stop. You know that said, you you raise a really interesting point. And that's you know we we're you know all the cities in the, on the west side and everywhere really were transportation wise were porous, but in California it's a it's a home rule state meaning that cities. Uh, enjoy you know so much latitude to 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 make their own rules to make their own transportation plans of course and and uh, to stop bike lanes uh, at at the city border so if you're coming across Santa Monica Boulevard from from Hollywood or West Hollywood and you're going to Century City or City of Santa Monica you know you're gonna you're gonna enjoy those bike lanes until Beverly Hills and then then they disappear and and not only do those bike lanes on Santa Monica disappear but the the road actually becomes a little bit more treacherous you know it's uh, it's one of the most crowded routes uh, it might be the highest or second highest in terms of um, auto um, uh, you know tr- uh, vehicle counts and so as a cyclist you're kind of tossed into that scrum so you might think geez I'd, I'd like to avoid Beverly Hills if you could but we're such a keystone there's just no easy way to avoid it you really you've got to drop down to Culver City uh, to, to get around Beverly Hills so in that way, we're a very important piece of the West Side transportation um, I w- scene. I wonder if you could make that argument. You know, uh, Culver City's getting our our business, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you you uh, you would like to be able to make that argument, and and I think you really can. I live in Beverly Hills, and I myself would rather go to Santa Monica uh, for a cup of coffee, or if if I'm going to go to Staples, or um, you know, if I need office supplies, for example, um, I'm gonna. I just naturally look farther afield. If I, you know, it's, I can walk around the corner to the small shops just on South Beverly Drive, and, and I really love that part of the community, but if I've, it, it, unless I'm on a bike, if I've got to go anywhere else in Beverly Hills, boy, it's a hassle, and frankly, uh, if I'm going to drive, I guess I'd rather just uh, go to 3rd Street, check out those small shops on 3rd Street, or, or, or go west to Santa Monica. Um, and I think that I'm not alone that way, and, and I, I love riding, I, I course i have a bicycle I use it all the time so for me it's just it's easy if i have to go to some other place in downtown beverly hills like that museum of of television radio um i just get on my bike and i go it's ultra convenient i just i don't have a bike rack there so i lock up to a meter but for someone who's who doesn't have a bike who doesn't naturally think about cycling boy are they really going to drive to museum television or radio or maybe they'll just go somewhere else outside of town Mm. so I, i think it's a great argument you know you can make to policymakers uh, the limiting factor here is just you know a lack of imagination we we don't we haven't historically had it in our uh, elected officials we uh, don't have it today in our transportation officials and that's one area where we really can uh, can have a little bit of growth here Let, you know let's think more imaginatively about transportation solutions and not just about cars and motorists sounds good so are you you talking to people? You making this message heard? What's the response? You know, we're, we're trying to get the message heard. Uh, we've we've seen a little bit of progress in the last year or so. Uh, we have um, there's been uh, a couple of meetings of a uh, bicycle a bike plan update committee. I mentioned a few minutes ago. You know, we have this totally paltry five page bike plan. You know, the funny thing about that bike plan is it was crafted in the 1970s. And when the city was readopting, or I'm sorry, when the city was updating their general plan, in, uh, which was uh, adopted in January of 2010, you know, we said we literally picked up that five plan, a five-page bike plan, 
uh, off the shelf, dusty as it was from the 1970s, and said, you know, we're just going to adopt it as is. So you look at, at City of Los Angeles, they have this, you know, thick bike plan with all the guidelines and implementation and everything, you know, staged implementation. You look at City of Santa Monica, and they've invested a tremendous amount of energy in their and their loose and their land use and circulation element. And here, Beverly Hills just over a year ago adopts a bike plan from 1977 with data from that era and maps from that era. You know, it's really, it's an outrage. Yeah. And, uh, and yet, you know, that's how we roll. So that, that's the backstory. Uh, the, the, the current story, today's story, is that we've got this bike plan update committee. Uh, it's uh, staffed by three of our uh, traffic and uh, parking commission chairs we've we advocates we bike advocates have met now um uh at least a couple of times uh, with them the I- the idea was you know what if we're gonna if we're gonna uh make some bike improvements in beverly hills if we're gonna lay some facilities down where should they be so we're looking at a pilot plan pilot program okay you know let's identify some routes see what can be done with these routes in the last meeting uh which was um back in uh I want to say August, we uh, we identified four candidate routes. Uh, we met with them again about four weeks ago, and and talked a little bit more about what those routes are. We heard from their contract engineer. Well, here are the four routes you you identified. Uh, here's what can happen on them. Uh, but the proviso was as long as we don't touch the parking, and uh, that's just kind of you know that's a deal killer because we've got some. We've got some streets that are perfectly suited, say, for, for bike lanes. They already they see a lot of cyclists. They're near commercial areas. If we can segregate the, the cyclist and motor traffic, it's safer and more convenient for everyone. But when um, the traffic and parking commissioners uh, lay down this kind of arbitrary, as long as we don't touch the parking criterion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what could the engineers come back uh, and say? But, you know... Uh, if that's if that's the framework, all we can do is suggest sharrows. So you know, there's just no talk of bike lanes or any kind of you know serious bike facilities. So we've had this we've had this uh, this bike plan update committee meeting, but uh, ultimately it's a bit of a tokenistic exercise. And uh, so you know, I can't say that I'm particularly optimistic, but that doesn't mean that we don't have our work cut out for us. It's know. it's a to- what, what's the tokenistic? What's um, the token? Well, this uh, this meeting process is is tokenistic because you know we've We've met with them now, um, uh, I want to say three times, uh, with this bike ad hoc bike plan update committee. That was formed in mid-2010. An ad hoc committee doesn't have to have public meetings, doesn't have to post. And after a bit of complaining, they said, okay, we'll, we'll have a public meeting. You know, we'll have some bike advocates in. We'll talk about things. But now as it's kind of rolled along a bit, uh, seems to me at least, my opinion is that it's a bit of a tokenistic exercise. You know, we'll... we'll um, have our contract engineer look at these at these options for some bike facilities but you know we're not going to touch the parking we're not going to disrupt current traffic patterns so as long as we can fit it in that inside that little box you know sure we'll talk about some facilities and that way it's tokenistic because you know they have us in we talk about what our needs are and then they present some uh, really uh, unsatisfactory options and uh, you know we can all say oh we participated but we really can't say that anything uh, uh, really constructive comes out of it. That that's my fear. You know, if you ask me um, optimistically, what do I think? Well, I think that at least folks in City Hall are talking about bike planning now. They are. Yeah, they they they're talking about it. 
Do, what about partners? I mean, the LACBC, and, and how do they help? And do you have... Uh, there must be people who have experience transforming cities, you know, small, exactly the size of Beverly Hills. Um, do, do they come and talk to you? Well, the beauty is, you know, there are models out there. Uh, any, of, any of us who, uh, you know, bike advocates who, who are looking for some facilities, looking for a safe, for safer travel, for, for a more comfortable ride, you know, there are models out there because we've seen it done in, you know, in other small cities. Uh, you know, we've got, you know, Boulder is, is, is making, uh, you, know, you know, great steps on this, and we see it in neighborhoods. Um, uh, we see it in Portland, you know, where they've really extended uh, bike infrastructure. City of New York has as well. Denver is, you know, a city like Beverly Hills. You know, we don't. Pardon? Long Beach. Long Beach, yeah, of course, Long Beach locally. You know, city of Beverly Hills doesn't need to invent this wheel. I, you know, tell right. our, our policymaker and our right. transportation professionals, you know, their models are out there. Let's just bring them in. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's the good news. Um, LACBC is very supportive. You know, they, they help us with uh, uh, connecting us with folks who know how to think about these problems. If, uh, if, uh, if I hear from our transportation officials that, oh, Santa Monica Boulevard just isn't wide enough for bike lanes, um, I can call up LACBC, Alexis over there, the policy director, and I can say, you know, who can you put me in touch with so I can actually run this by them? If, if, mm-hmm. if, um, if I get the actual uh, data from my city about the width of Santa Monica Boulevard, is there a transportation uh, professional, a, a professional bike planner you can put me in touch with so I can kind of, you know, validate this? Mm-hmm. And, and they do that. That's a, that's a great service they provide for us. And they're also support. Uh, you know, Alexis has showed up at a number of our meetings, and you know, they're interested, and in the, they see the significance of Beverly Hills, and they're behind us. That's why we got to support the LACBC. I, I want to make sure that I uh, keep up with my membership. I haven't heard from them. Maybe it's automatic. I don't know. i got to pay again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, so, you know, so now I think organization is is really important and we had a, a summit of regional bike partnerships and that's how i got in touch with the original originally um and it was put together by the west hollywood bicycle coalition kevin burton and tess lara so you you had an idea for another kind of summit you want to talk about that when you talk about the bike summit do you mean the the cow no, bike uh, i mean we had a on bike talk you were part of it oh oh yes 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 that's and right, a few it, ago, yeah. yeah we just got together about seven different people from the different regional partnerships of the LACBC. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I, this is such a great opportunity. You know, we've got, um, we've got all these bike advocates out there. And, you know, these are smart people. These are people who, who know the law, know the state law, know the local ordinances, uh, people who, who follow developments, you know, the, where, where those wheels are being, you know, developed in, in other cities. They, they follow that. So we have a... a a really broad, diverse, educated bike av- advocacy community, and we also have a lot of bike bloggers, people, uh, people like me, who you know follow local developments, you know, post about what's happening at the at the city council meeting or what's happened at the at the local council of governments meeting, and you know, we kind of talk to each other informally. But what we haven't done really is start to pull some of these regional folks together so that I can know a little bit more about what's happening in San Gabriel Valley or or in San Fernando Valley or South Bay, um, I hear about it. It's like, you know, I kind of hear a, a, the distant echo uh, just beyond, you know, my immediate focus. But I'd like to talk, I'd like to talk directly to some of these folks 
I'd like to, to sit down with them. I'd like to have a kind of a, a bike summit. You, know, you can think about it as a bike advocate summit or a bike blogger summit. I'd just like to get us all in a room uh, a little bit like uh, the recent um, uh, California Bicycle Coalition, LACBC bike summit uh, about a month, uh, a month ago downtown. It doesn't have to happen on that scale, but I think it should happen just occasionally so that we can all be in the same room. We can start to talk about, you know, what is... What is the shared agenda here? You know, what are what are tools and tactics that are working, and mostly just so we can start to you know pull in the same direction, so we're all kind of on the same page. Right, and so you came up with a few suggestions to start with, and maybe Chicken Leather can add. Maybe I can add a couple um, suggestions. I guess my suggestions were, um, you know, looking at those issues that are important to a lot of us across the region at that uh, at that cal bike summit there was one of these sessions uh, you know southern california advocates all you know sat around in a group i guess we were probably about 35 or 40 and we just came up with this laundry list of of things everything from you know uh, reforming driver's ed up in sacramento to you know, how we can work with cops more constructively on on our local street and there was, that was a great agenda you know for action the problem is, you know, how do we move that, how do we kind of, you know, craft that into some sort of, uh, of an action plan or in implementation plan? And that's where I see regional folks, whether it's um, LACBC affiliates like a Better Bike or whether it's uh, just the folks who, that are out there active and writing about uh, cycling um, like uh, Ted Rogers, who's just all about the, the safety and the injuries and, and the deaths on, on, on our roads. You know, we need to kind of bring these folks together, I think, and, and talk about how to take that laundry list of, of, of issues and start to, you know, craft an action plan and how we can support each other regionally. Um, yeah, we've had Ted Rogers on, and uh, we should talk to, to people like that more. How, uh, you, there's a bunch of bike bloggers. Um, chicken Leather, you follow any bike blogs? Um, on occasion, yes. Yeah. Who would you who would you I, follow? I'm trying to grab here. Let me let me sit. Uh, on occasion, I do. Actually, um, when you, when you mention things like uh, the the Cal Bike Summit that we we just had and things, I'm I'm reminded of uh, uh, some of the the sticking points, some of the advocacy points, and uh, a couple come to mind uh, of just how in a brief time, like you said, in the in the uh, brainstorming workshop session, which was phenomenal. You never think that the people in a room could actually come up with so many different things, everything from uh, maybe a youth summit to, to engage youth, because as we know, uh, a, a lot of, uh, um, as I think Ron Milan went off, a lot of your uh, fundraising and a lot of your membership depends on you getting new people involved, not only within... Um, from a financial point of view, but from um, uh, an advocacy point of view, and and that was it was so good to see all these different people from around California um, respond more to the advocacy uh, uh, challenge. Uh, I'm reminded of, of just simple things like uh, we're, we're talking about commerce in Beverly Hills, which is kind of just the opposite kind of thing that a lot of cities are, are, are looking at. The commerce is there, but uh, you're looking at things like you could even improve it more if you had a bike share program, uh, uh, something that, that would allow somebody to – and they have them in other uh, uh, what we would call cities around the world where, where you can um, – gravitate and, and travel around the city so much easier on a bike and, and see so much more. And you think of Beverly Hills and all the sightseeing that you could be doing in, instead of uh, 
choking it with with little vans and and buses and and all. I, I'm thinking more of the noise pollution. Being a sound guy, uh, you're you're actually could see bikes out there. The the green bike lane that we're we're seeing so much and and talk about. Then L. A. Finally has one, and I I think they they just sort of are appeasing the bike things. But I, I, I'm really uh, kind of looking forward to to go more through. Uh, uh, commerce and stuff and i i i'm was rem- reminded of a couple people that said you know i i travel uh between my my two uh, uh commercial shops and it, it would be nice to have this not only as a safety factor but also as a um uh, to, to bring in more people so if if people feel safe and when they travel they'll, they'll be safe and be able to to know oh that's the green lane you stay out of it when when bike people are, are around um it's protected and so if it's protected then um we, we always forget about this but last night as we saw um bike people can be an economic and a, and a vile social uh uh sort of source for, for for things when when you're raising consciousness in of all things uh, uh whether it be commerce uh sort of towards uh, philanthropic things like like a, a toy drive or in this sense uh um the um small business because all these things we think of as they, they are small businesses in in a, in a sense they just have a high retail end to it yeah i i love the term bike people um i'll yeah. tell you because uh you know the terminology you know how how we talk about this stuff is so important uh you know there are bike people there are people who bike uh i think what happens with a label like um cyclist you know we we, we see uh, some pushback in some communities, like up in the valley with the the Wilbur uh, uh, road diet, and uh, I see it in Beverly Hills also. When you talk to to transportation people, you know the the cyclist, uh, and that's in quotes. The cyclist, you know, becomes becomes kind of the other, where in this kind of zero sum uh, game here, you know, anything you give to the cyclist or to the cyclists is something you're taking away from somebody else, whether it's uh, asphalt or, or, or money for facilities or whatever it is. So we really have to think about bike people or people who bike or the people who could bike. So I just want to say, you know, that terminology is really important. How, how, we, how we present ourselves, how we talk about ourselves is, is really important for the folks that are just kind of reflexively will hear cyclist and think, oh, you know, that, that dude in spandex or that you know that guy who's just you know riding uh, you know circles around me you know in, in traffic. Uh, we have to think about that. But I, I I totally agree with your point. You know this the cycling commerce connection um, is so underappreciated. You know we see it. You know when we talk about Portland, we talk about some of the neighborhoods and the kind of the local uh, movement over there. And you know cyclists are integral there. You look at Brooklyn and that connection between cycling and local commerce is. Is really well established. It's something we're not really, we're not really akin to thinking about, or attuned to thinking about here, because you know we just think about about you know commerce and and motorists. You know how can we accommodate more motorists because that's going to drive traffic. When really you know we want to drive traffic. We don't want to drive cars. Absolutely, and, and I, I'm reminded uh, earlier uh, when when uh, Metro was actually talking about I- expanding certain lines, a, a lot of the uh, the train. Uh, lines go east as opposed to going west and um, they were doing some preliminary studies about what would happen if you made uh, hubs or found another way to get to 
the west side and and they were looking really really quickly before um this this idea of almost like a, a football thing of, of doing a, a square out going having to go down to exposition and then go across and um i, re- I remember going to a a, a, a planning meeting just a you know the, a, something to feel out what, how people felt and, and it was funny because beverly hills was sort of a great destination, but everybody was going. We're we're not going to have a stop there, and it was like you, you guys are missing out. And the preliminary things were like, if you if you could get from there to Century City in 16 minutes, would you do it? And I said, oh my God, people would do it in a heartbeat, just to avoid all the traffic, and then to be able to to look at just the the offshoot in in time and energy that's not wasted in your car. But now you're you're having constructive way to get cross town, which is always the argument about. Um, I remember was it Chris Morphus was putting over the the idea of a complete street where it's not just about the transit you see, but also making these streets complete. For right now, their their only option is is maybe buses or maybe some light rail or something that goes goes through this. But there's also the idea of making it safe enough for cars and bikes and everyone to travel these streets. And when you do that, I, I think everybody forgets, and I always have to point out that uh, gridlock is infinitesimally uh, something you can you can relieve by, by just making – if you get one person out of their car and get them onto a bike or public transit, it's like you you've – you can do that with incremental kind of things as opposed to like saying, oh, I, have, I have to get 25%, which is a large number. Oh, absolutely. And I think that the future has to be about people-powered transportation. And complete streets is, is a great way just conceptually to think about you know, getting us there, this idea that, this, that, the, that the street, it's a public space. It's not a motorway. It's a public space for all road users, for people on, on, on bikes, on, on feet and motorists and once we think about you know kind of rethinking those those uh, our streets as complete streets as accessible to all road users you know why wouldn't i bicycle to a century city you know the the last thing in the world i would ever want to do is drive to century city because uh because you know i'm i'm just going to get stuck in a, in a parking garage and um, century city itself is just so kind of alien you know to to uh to uh the pedestrian but when we ma- when we make our streets accessible to folks on on feet and and to cyclists, you know, then then we can we can start to think totally differently about transportation. Once you start thinking about, um, you know, once those streets are welcoming to you on a bicycle, you know, the, the whole West Side and other areas also, but the West Side, you know, is is just it becomes so much more accessible. It's just easier to get to Century City or to get to West LA. Um, you know, I would I'd rather shoot myself in the head than have to park on Third Street, going to a, a you know great little restaurant like Jones. Uh, I'd much rather bike over there, even at the height of rush hour, and even without without bike lanes. But imagine if those streets were welcoming to me, if if uh, if I had my own green lane, that was uh, that was my safe space on the street, and I I get to Jones and there's a, a an available bike rack for me and. Also, some of my other friends are, are, are cycling. You know, so when I, I look at uh, places like uh, Portland or Brooklyn or, to some extent, Long Beach, although you know, we have a ways to catch up with the, con- you know, with the consciousness in these other places, you know, when you think about, about once that, that tipping point is reached, once that tide starts to turn and people say, hey, not only is it more convenient 
to get to a little place like Jones on my bicycle, but I actually enjoy making that trip, that's when we really start to, to pick up some traction and, and really start to see that, that, that bicycling um, local commerce connection uh, much more clearly. You know, we're, we're, just, we're in the early stages here when we're just starting to lay down the, the, the infrastructure, the facilities that help make it happen. You know, we're just early on this complete streets um, kind of concept and, you know, change comes slowly, but once change starts to come, I think we're going to reach that tipping point fairly, fairly quickly where people will say, geez, I, I don't need to drive there, you know, when I can bike there. And you know what? My friends are also biking there and I'm going to see other people uh, uh, who uh, on bikes who are there. And it's going to be that kind of a consciousness that that makes it such a joy to go to cities in northern Europe or or to Portland or San Francisco that has such a you know, a vibrant um, uh, bike scene. You know, it can happen here. It's just that we haven't reached that tipping point. We're still putting those building blocks in place. Really, um, <clears throat> I think my impression of the way these city council things work is that a small group of people, can, if they're organized, can make a really disproportionate uh, difference in, in, in the way things go. Is that Would you say that's true? Uh, I w- you know, I think that's true. Uh, I think that... Um, I think that we're fortunate because we have such a uh, a rich ecosystem of, of people who are supporting, you know, bicycle uh, bicycling as uh, everyday transportation. You know, who who really want to change that consciousness. You know, we have people at the at the harder edge of the activist uh, uh, leading edge. You know, people who are who are um, you know who will get arrested, who will ride critical mass, who will make noise in council chambers. And then, you know, at the other end, you have the institutional folks, the people uh, who, who are um, at LACBC and even folks who work in planning departments and transportation departments who, you know, who, who are um, cycling friendly. You know, if there's anything, I think, in the long term, if there's any um, good outcome from this whole financial crisis is that it's moved a lot of older, kind of established employees out of these departments and it's brought some young folks in. And so, you know, we're starting to see, I think, a, a different consciousness. You, you know, you couldn't imagine the things that LADOT is doing today, and you couldn't have imagined an LADOT bike blog five years ago. But now there are people in LADOT who are cyclists and who are sympathetic, you know, to, to, to the need for infrastructure. And um, we, uh, we also, you know, you, you, we wouldn't have gotten there without those advocates who were loudly pressing LADOT and, and City of LA to get its act together and you know get with this program, and so this kind of uh, ecology of cycling advocates, even though we're fairly small, you know we, we can be really powerful when we work together like that, complementary wise. Yeah, I'm I'm reminded of the fact that uh, when the Dutch visited, um, it, it was sort of like oh more more bike people, but they they addressed some some. Really definite questions, uh, things that we, we, we sort of take for granted that you're going to have all these buses and they're going, why are all these buses so noisy? And you look at them like, well, they're, they're, they're just inherently, you know, they, and they go, well, what do they run on? And we're going, well, they run on, you know, uh, maybe some natural gas, which is a, a, a positive step. But they're going, oh, they're still too noisy. Why aren't they electric or something? We're going, we, we don't have it. And, and it was just that idea. And a- after that, we saw the green lines go up. And I, I said, well, if that's the case, let's let's have the Dutch over more often. But uh, I, I think what they were engaging was the fact that it's it's um, 
um, not any one design that's that's going to do it. I, I remember at the conference when uh, Ryan Schneider talked about how it's not just about doing math and coming up with this whiz bang kind of street that has to uh, do these things, but it's the idea that if you make it um, almost safe enough and viable enough, and and you put in infrastructure like trees or something else, now you're going to entice a whole different group of people. It's not just cyclists that come out and they're wh- whatever. It's, they don't have to wear special clothes, and that that's what we see a lot of uh, at at shops like Flying Pigeon or something. You're seeing bikes that people are doing, not necessarily cyclists, but people that are going, what, what are their needs? Oh, I'm going to need a real basket. And everybody always draws up these things about women and wicker and all this other stuff. But I, I look at it as a real positive thing when you see a basket. In fact, in the studio here, one of our, our DJs, that's, that's Inez who does... Uh, uh, I don't want to brag, but I made you a mixtape. She rode her bike here, and I think in in traveling somewhere, she took public transportation back. But her her, her bike is still here. Has a huge basket. It's an old '80s mixty design. But but we're looking at something that's very amenable to what I mean, amenable to what what she's going to be doing. She needs a basket to carry stuff. She's she's going to be shopping and and it's just a it, it's a fun bike it's light and uh, we're on the second floor and she was able to carry this up here which is amazing isn't it what are you doing <laughs> you're, you're looking what at me like <laughs> no no but you're looking at, at how how it's go ahead did you get that question? Um, uh, I, or I, comment? Well, I guess I got it uh, a little bit. I was uh, I was thinking that um, when you mentioned, uh, you know, what Ryan was talking about, you know, like math. You know, math is a language, but it really takes the imagination to, to see the problems and, and, you know, to think about proofs and to think about, you know, figuring through, solving some of those problems. And what we're talking about, uh, you know, making making roads safe for all road users and making streets complete, you know, these aren't difficult these aren't difficult problems. You know, the you know planners, transportation planners will, you know, bring their um, their their design book. You know, it's like the language of math. They'll bring their design book, and you know, we can start to sort the stuff out. So, it doesn't it doesn't it's it's not a tough problem, but it just requires a little bit of imagination. I think historically, that's what's been lacking. And I can kind of flesh it out with an, with an anecdote. You know, I went to the Think Bike presentations also, and I, you know, I love to see that's the Dutch. Yeah, this yeah. is the right the, the Dutch folks who who came over and with LACBC looked at I want to say four four areas around the city. You know, four specific corridors. You know, well, how how can these be um, more uh, welcoming to people who bike? And uh, they they the Dutch folks huddled with you know some of their American uh, you know compatriots and you know, came up with four plans and in, you know, PowerPoint presentations, which I think are accessible via the LACBC site, they said, you know, here's what this corridor could look like. You know, again, kind of, you know, applying a little imagination and then visualizing it for, for folks because we all don't have that imagination. You know, you look at you look at Vermont Avenue here in L.A. and pretty tough to imagine that that's ever going to be a complete streets or a green corridor, but it's possible. So anyway, the Think Bike folks... You know, helped kind of walk us, uh, you know, walk us through these examples, and so you know, back home in Beverly Hills, I'm um, I'm vexed by one of our intersections at Wilshire and Santa Monica Boulevard. You know, it's a it's a big intersection, one of it's our insane. busiest, yeah, yeah insane in- intersection, and uh, and I was actually looking at that intersection for LACBC. We were they were doing the bike count. I was there, volunteer doing a bike count, and as I'm sitting next to this intersection and I'm watching cyclists every once in a while come through this intersection I realized that 
that few of them really know how to navigate this intersection. You know, there were dual right turn lanes, and and um, both boulevards are very busy. And adjacent to Santa Monica Boulevard, there's um, South Santa Monica Boulevard, so it's this kind of crazy H kind of an intersection. And I watch cyclists, you know, ha- you know, stymied as they're trying to navigate how to continue straight on on Santa Monica Boulevard with two right turn lanes. You know, where do you position yourself and and how do you not get right hooked at that intersection? And so I, I corresponded with, um, with one of the Think Bike folks, and uh, I said, you know, here's the intersection, here's an aerial view of the intersection, here's what I observed. Uh, I, I said, you know, City of Beverly Hills transportation folks uh, don't seem the least bit interested in addressing the safety problems at this intersection. What do we do? So one of the, uh, one of the Dutch uh, transportation consultants got back to me, and um, he said, okay, here, here are several different treatments you can have for this intersection from everything from bike lanes to a grade-separated, um, um, you know, a bike-only uh, kind of roundabout. And, you know, I'm looking at these visions and I'm thinking, holy cow, you know, I, I, you look at that intersection today, you couldn't imagine, it's hard to imagine even bike lanes on that intersection, much less a grade separated kind of roundabout, one of these complex engineering marvels that, that they can do in the Netherlands and they can do in Germany, and we can do. But as I'm looking at it, it's just alien to me. And, and then, you know, I got kind of, kind of pissed off because I thought, you know, why am I getting these ideas from a planner from the Netherlands? You know, why can't I get these ideas from, from City Hall? When, when, I ask in, when I ask at the Traffic and Parking Commission about this intersection and another dangerous one at Olympic in South Beverly, hey, what can we do for cyclists? You know, how, how can we give some guidance? Can we provide a, a, a lane? Can, how, how can we provide safe passage? And they, they just kind of look at me with glassy eyes, and yet, you know, here's this guy from the Netherlands taking his time to, to not only send me examples, but also, you know, kind of, revision that that particular intersection uh you know here's how it could he's look being paid by <laughs> he's as far as i know he's volunteering you know he's oh, yeah. he, you know he's a guy who's a transportation consultant who looks at this problem from the other side of the world and says you know this is absolutely insane well here's what you could do and you know i just want to take it to to my city hall and say you know this is absolutely insane here's what we could do and why does it have to come from the netherlands well what if you got the you know who would they listen to um, uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a good question. Uh, uh, it's a question I really can't answer because I'm not sure who they listen to. You know, I, I was at a traffic and parking commission meeting um, about a month ago, and I was there, you know, to give a little public comment, like, "Hey, guys, you know, what's happening with bike planning?" And one of uh, one of our elderly residents from the north side of Beverly Hills was complaining about uh, tour bus noise. You know, we have these open yeah. these open open topped. Uh, well, you know, sightseeing, sightseeing buses, you know, they're horribly polluting, but, you know, anyway, they, they kind of prowl around Beverly Hills. Oh, you know, here's where so-and-so lives. Here's where this person lives. And he was complaining that it was too much noise. And you never saw such a welcome for a community problem at that meeting as you saw for the, for the older, uh, wealthy resident who has a problem with tour buses. Um, they, you know, they, they kind of tripped over themselves to slap this guy in the back. Thanks for bringing uh, the problem. But, Yet, you know, when, when me as a, as a bike activist, when I, when I sit there and I say, hey, you know, we've got a couple of intersections that are particularly dangerous for cyclists, I get the glassy eye and then I get the, you know, thanks for coming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I don't know exactly who they what listen to. What if you went straight to, uh, you know, Cartier and 
the the Ferrari dealership and they're and moving. got and oh they're all moving. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> they're all moving. Actually, Beverly Hills moved. Beverly Hills uh, moved. Out it's gone. Them. It's a, literally a black the, hole. No, the uh, BMW in Beverly Hills. Yeah, they moved. Yeah. Well, what if you went to like the the business people and showed them this picture from the Netherlands of the intersection and said, "Would you like this?" You know, I it's a it's a great question because I think that you know we have these retailers like um, like Cartier in, in Bulgaria. You know, these are these are you know outside focused, globally focused retailers. You know, they're um, I'm not their their demographic. Um, probably the tourist and, and more accurately the Asian tourist is their demographic. That tourist probably is not going to be biking. Um, so I think our real opportunity is with. You know the locally facing shops, mm. the, the smaller shops, the strips like South Beverly, and um, uh, uh, over in our Western Gateway, we've got a bunch of small shops also, and uh, you know we've got shops on Robertson and Doheny. And there are all these little kind of pocket areas that in another city would be, you know, meccas. You know, you'd have an independent coffee shop, and you'd have a bunch of other cool shops, and you know, here they kind of die in the vine because they're kind of under recognized. I, I think our opportunity is to talk to those folks and show them not what that intersection could be, because that's a big, hard problem, but show them what South Beverly or Robertson or Doheny can look like with bike racks and with a green well, lane. Okay, so how about dressing up like Mormons <laughs> at, with the bike and go door-to-door and surprise people by saying we're not Mormons and then say, look at this picture of an intersection. Right, we're not Mormons, but we've seen the light. We've seen it in <laughs> Portland and Long Beach. Here's what it looks like. No, I, I love it. I you know I've uh, of course you know going door to door to build awareness is is, is on our is on, in our plan book. But I hadn't considered the dress. I like the dress angle. <laughs> Give us a little respectability because when I walk in there with a you know a bike helmet and uh, yeah. and, and bike shoes, you know they kind of look at me funny. You yeah, know? look at you now. It's like it, it it seems like they they already say here is a demographic we don't need to impress. Right. You know I I think that's probably true, and I probably made a mistake early on in my uh, bike advocacy uh, career back in mid 2010 when I, you know when I walk into a, a city hall commission meeting you know with my bike helmet on well you know in retrospect what i needed was a dark suit like all the other Mm -hmm. dark suited guys in there who don't live in beverly hills and uh, who aren't there to make the city better but uh, that's the audience that we expect uh, at at public meetings and probably that's what i should have uh, shown up as you could also dress how they all see themselves in their head which is like you know they 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 may dress in dark suits but they have another side to them like their casual side when they're and and if you can just tap into how they see themselves, and then and then try to reflect that back to them, like Dockers and a collared shirt. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I don't have any Dockers. I'm, and, I'm proud and a drink. to say. And, and carry a drink. Uh, all right. Sorry. I'm, I'm noticing that. <laughs> I'm the, getting, I'm so no, sorry. no, but that's good. I, I'm noticing you guys are all sort of hitting around, but the the face of advocacy is changing, and in, and in fact, some of the issues that are that are pointing themselves in Beverly Hills is they were looking at safety, not just uh, uh, at the high school or or at a retail level, but also the high school that's there. Beverly Hills High School has a long tradition. I think it was even used in uh, it, at this seasonal thing. We remember It's a Wonderful Life was shot in Beverly Hills. Uh, that big pool was there. But they're looking at things like, well, we've had this impact from having an oil well that they've been pumping for how many years. And now uh, we're, we're looking at how, how do we relieve not only that, but the traffic that the school itself brings in. And something like a safe routes to school or something, we never think of kids getting, you know, going to Beverly Hills, you got to get out of your car to go to Beverly Hills High. It's like it's just the opposite. But 
I think now, um, in in the the big sense, we're rethinking how transportation and that sort of rite of passage. It's like, okay, now you're a teenager, you want to get a car to to sort of socialize with people or something. But we're we're seeing it turned around. If we could create it with a with a health issue, so it's it's maybe thinking creatively about about some of these different things. And I, I think that's what we're doing today. We're we're seeing how maybe advocacy could lend itself to other issues, sort of disguised as safety, sort of disguised as health. Um, imagine if kids uh, in in other parts of Los Angeles, not necessarily Beverly Hills, w- could you know use it as as um, you know oh exercise. You're going to be stuck in a class all day, but you you exercise before and after getting to school. Imagine what that could do for our obesity rates and stuff. You know, the conservatives, the, the way to get to them is talking about children. I think mm-hmm. if there is one that I've seen, you know, children, starving children in Africa. Uh, if you could just show the children, that gets their vote. Uh, oh, sure, sure. I mean, you know, I I think this idea of the the kind of the changing face of of bicycle advocacy is really important because. Um, you know, it's it's not you know a bunch of people like me you know walking around in a, in a bike helmet. Um, ultimately, that's going to move us. You know, we, we we can do our part, and you know, bike bloggers play a really important role in moving information around the community. Um, but it's also folks like our new uh, in Beverly Hills, uh, Beverly Hills Unified School District, our new um, our new chief. Uh, he himself is a bicyclist, and and when he uh, goes on his weekly check of of our four. Um, K-12 schools and our one high school, when he makes his rounds, he, he does it on a bicycle on a Friday. And, you know, I was talking to him about this because, you know, he's sympathetic to the message. And, and you know, it's going to be folks like that who get it, who, who, you know, who, who, who move the message out front, who show that, you know, it's not just the spandex uh, crowd, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that's, uh, that's interested or, or, or you know, is, is, is banging the tin cup. It's that kind of whole community solution. It's uh, it's the safety uh, angle. It's uh, you know I've I've had several high schoolers uh, come to our better bike meetings, and they say you know geez I'd I'd like to ride to school but God Gregory you know what's one of our uh, routes that goes to the high school Gregory is so uh, is so dangerous and Charlottesville another one that goes to the high school so dangerous, and so you know it's it's road safety it's it's public health uh, as you say and and you know it's a you know, cycling in public, uh, I should say, uh, people-powered mobility is like a whole community solution. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to take the whole community in a place mm-hmm. like Beverly Hills especially, you know, to move it forward. Well, you know, maybe you know, a lot of times in, uh, high school teachers love to do projects, you know, project-based learning with kids. You know, hey, let's do a political campaign. Absolutely. I mean, you know, here's a, here's a paradox. Our new high school um, principal, uh, Pacinger. Uh, Earl Pacinger, he's uh, he's a physical education coach, for, you know, from way back, and you know, you'd think he'd be sympathetic, but I can't get the guy to return an email. So, you know, in some ways, this kind of whole community solution is, you know, is is kind of there for the taking. But in other ways, there are these pockets of resistance or, you know, unreconstructed folks who it's um, a good word. Just maybe it's just not on their uh, on their radar. You know, they haven't really. I think maybe we haven't effectively shown them why they need to care. And uh, that's, I think, the, the work we have cut out for us. I think it's a funny term, unreconstructed folks. Is that just the most polite term for something that could be said less directly? Um, it's, uh, yeah, it is, it is polite, but I think you know all the all this, the, the history that it conjures up. I think is really appropriate because you know we have uh, a lot of folks in our community, um, you know, perhaps could be 
you know, a, a culture, acculturated into thinking differently about it, but, you know, there's just been no reason for them to think differently about it. We haven't presented really a, uh, uh, you know, a, well, a, an invitation. So it seems unreconstructed. Like unreconstructed. It seems like, yeah, it would be interesting to, it, it, it's such an interesting challenge and it's such a little, like a, a, a encapsulation of, of the problems that, that an activist faces. And, and I'm sure that a lot of people would love to be working on this. We have a caller and something about the, the word authority. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, I just, I, I've been enjoying your, con- your conversation, and it's a totally valid strategy to go into a meeting like dressed incognito with Dockers or whatnot. At the same time, I think it's completely outrageous, and uh, I don't know, I don't even know what adjective, really fundamentally angering that you should have to change your appearance in, in any way to address just such a diverse issue that j- it just affects all of us. And, and I think it's really sad that our that that's the level that our local government is at. And it's good you were talking about an elected official that is a bicyclist and you have a good relationship with. It's wonderful. You know, I recently had a pretty good discussion with the DA of Eureka, California. And I think it's important for us to be open to that. But I think the fundamental thing is that the changes aren't going to come through that. And if it comes down to just people in bands going out and painting their own bike lanes or just doing whatever they need to do, I think the fundamental changes are going to are going to have are going to happen outside of petitioning our elected officials for really any damn thing. Wow. So it's totally cool. valid to do that. I'm not criticizing. I think both routes are really good to go. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it would be nice to be able to just make them do what you want them to do. I, you know, I think or they, us just going out there and doing what we as a community know need to be done. And if the police come in and try to shut that down, it's just another uh, expression of the police state showing its true colors. But this is an issue where, I mean, species have already gone extinct. Species, whole and whole fucking species of crabs is dead because of these polluting human fuckers. Right. And I'm sick of it, man. And it's ridiculous that you would go into a meeting and, and not be completely listened to whatever you look like when, when you're bringing up such an important issue. No, yeah, I said after I said it, I'm, I'm being cynical. You know, that was a cynical comment. What were you going to say, Mark? I, I was going to say, you know, I, I agree with your caller uh, that, that it's, um, you know, it's not, uh, it's not an either or, but it's a both and kind of approach. You know, I think that uh, it's just so, so critical that you know, we recognize that it's a, it's a thorny problem not a tough problem, just a, you know, it's a thorny problem because of, uh, you know, entrenched resistance and just conventional ways of thinking. And, yeah. that the, you know, the only way I think we're going to make real progress on it is we, if we just kind of attack it in a, you know, multifaceted way, everything from the, from the, the folks at the, the leading, you know, harder edge to the folks that are more comfortable working through the institutions and working, uh, you know, working behind the scenes, you know, folks in, in spandex yeah. and uh, in uh, active active shorts, active bicycling shorts, and well, you know also folks in dockers. You know, ultimately, yeah. it's, well, you know I think ultimately it's um, it's a uh, uh, the frustrating part is that it's a solution for everybody that the that uh, uh, you know bike lane makes it safer and uh, more comfortable and convenient for cyclists. It also makes it safer for motorists in the long term. Their liability, you know, uh, is reduced yeah. because we separate the modes of traffic. And I think, you know, once we kind of recognize just how how multiply beneficial uh, these, you know, these kind of steps are, I think, you know, we can't help but but uh, but get more people on. You know, it's a matter of the tipping point, and you know, again, I think just getting the message out to 
the folks that are, you know, unreconstructed, the folks who just haven't yeah. stretched, you know, kind of a, a very non-limber imagination around what the problems are. You know, we, that's our role, I think, as, as, as activists and advocates, is just to kind of get out there and stretch that imagination for them. Oh, man, I, I agree, and it's a really important point that you made of the multifaceted approach. The people who are more, like you were saying, more gritty and more, you know, anarchist in the streets, whatever, don't be too vanguardist. And the people who are essentially liberals and want to go through the ballot box and want to go to the city council meetings, let's have them be open to the more radical approaches, and let's all unify more. It could be something like the popular unity in Chile, which was really the extreme far left all the way to, to the center. And that was the power of what they were able to do to change a society without, without violence. Oh, so, absolutely. Um, and that's, I think that's the ideal, of course. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, I think we're, you know, like a lot of the movements that we've seen in, uh, in South America, the people movements, you know, these, um, you know, they have these moral and ethical claims and, and they build such a broad base and the solutions are, are you know, so, so obvious that they eventually, you know, over time they can't help but build and then, and then reach the tipping point. And then we see you know, real change through the ballot box, like you say, not, you know, not, uh, not just violence and, and unrest has its yeah, place. Yeah, I think that's the exception is through the ballot box, even though that was a really wonderful time in history when that happened. I still think that's the exception, uh, but let's be situational and just react to whatever's in front of us and kind of find the best way together. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, I think like you mentioned that, the, you know, the DIY, the uh, painting the bike lanes and, and, and hanging, uh, hanging DOT, you know, authentic type signs. You know, this is, you know, really, this is the most imaginative edge of, uh, of activism. And, uh, I, you know, it, it's, it's necessary. You know, we've got to work in the council chambers, and we also have to work out there. And, you know, damn it, if they're not going to lay a bike lane down, you know, we'll lay a bike lane down. I, I, I think that's just a yeah. tremendously constructive way to go. And that's even more, look, and I, I agree, I, I'm going to let you guys move on, but uh, uh, that's more exciting to me, though it's fine if something is done through petitioning somebody, but that's still petitioning power, that's, uh, you know, a false power telling us what we can or cannot do. It's always valid, but, you know, like striking down the Jim Crow laws to work for that, of course, but it's much more powerful for us to just be out there without any authority telling us what to do and just taking right action. All right, this is Nick again. Thank you for so much for calling in. What, what was your, your handle again? Oh, yeah, it's DJ Matter Embryo, and the reason I'm a DJ, though I'm not actually currently one on the air, is because I've been associated with Free Radio Santa Cruz, uh, yeah, for many years, and I'm still, uh, you know, kind of a cohort with those folks up there. Very cool. Thanks you for listening. It, thanks and for your show a lot. I, I appreciate it. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Uh, just just uh, for some of our listeners, uh, uh, Free Radio uh, Santa, Santa Cruz was actually shut down. We have a, a famous picture here. Yeah. Of, of the FCC coming in and taking their equipment away. Uh, this is when uh, I think Kill Radio was still in its infancy, but uh, it was one of the stories we covered. Uh, I, I'm reminded also the fact that uh, we, we had a, a, a sister pirate station here in Los Angeles for a while, and, and we, we too were met with this before we, we turned to the Internet. But um, getting, getting back to some of the issues he raised, it's, it's more along the lines... And uh, I'm, I'm going back to, to Rollers and and, uh, and and Will from the from the Arm Librarians last night. They, they always talk about education within these things. It's not just to to sort of butt heads a lot of times. It's a, it's about uh, maybe a, a dual education, not only on on cyclist parts, but but especially on on 
uh, the police and authority uh, uh, activism uh, and education you know yeah, they're, they're kind mean, of the same they, they, they all they all join together in that that too. that sense of about uh, the more the more you know can only in, in improve your quality of life as opposed to sort of just like you're you're caring and pontificating all the time as I'm doing right now <laughs> <laughs> so um do you want to? Uh, can I add one thing? Please. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the I mean, the caller. You know, when the caller talks about um, the, the DIY stuff, and you know, we, we look at these really imaginative tactics. You know, laying down, uh, uh, you know, pe- people's bike lanes and, and stuff. I think it's important to, to to recognize that. I think probably the the single uh, biggest step we can take as cyclists is just simply to take the lane. Uh, under state law, under the, the California Vehicle Code, we're, we're allowed the entire lane for substandard lanes. I think typically that's uh, defined as less than uh, 14 feet wide, which is by far most travel lanes. Very few are actually wide enough to share with a motorist or a bus or whatever. So I think the, the step that we can take, the claim that we can make, is simply to claim the lane because that lane is ours. It engenders some frustration among the motorists, but you know, I'll tell you, every day when I take the lane, I am I am so uh, I am I am so happy to take that all as my space. You know, if if I'm not going to be provided with a lane, a bike lane, I'm going to take the lane that's given to me, and that's much better than trying to squeeze with a motorist. You know, as we're both traveling along, traveling along. So okay. take the lane. That's that's <laughs> my suggestion. I think you just infuriated a motorist. Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Um, chicken leather, you were going to say? I, uh, yeah, I, I'd have to concur with that. That's, that's just the, the idea that, uh, that, that's how real, real change or, or real education is going to happen. Um, n- not with, uh, legislation, which, which we've seen a lot of times, or, or, uh, in some cases, just uh, enforcement or incarceration in, in the ultimate things. I, I'm reminded when when you speak about certain things like like touring and stuff that there was a incredible ride we used to do on on uh, the first uh, Fridays of the month called Ride Arc, and they they addressed this thing. And one of the places that we did go through one time was Beverly Hills, and sure enough, they they didn't get it. As as the din of the the horn continues here, <laughs> maybe the car is is in an accident or something. But um, it, what what it raised were were questions, and and it wasn't so much just questioning, but it was also like, well, here's an alternative to how we do this. We we were all about doing a tour with that many people as an alternative to like getting your car or somebody doing a PowerPoint presentation. We were actually visiting a lot of these uh, sites and and. Um, uh, just locations around town where where things had happened and how the powers that be at the time addressed it and, and what if they had addressed it this way? What if instead of just meeting it with force, they met it with the idea of tolerance and then you went to certain sections of town and saw how tolerance and, and, and just uh, working as, as a, the, the caller said uh, he was dealing with issues about civil rights and stuff. Uh, sometimes I, I think about bike issues as being the ultimate because we, we get no respect or anything but but we we do have a, a, a sort of a say that they say oh god we gotta listen to this so may, maybe just expanding that well I, I, I want to wrap my point up maybe you could wrap it up too here Nick well I just want to thank Mark for coming in today Mark Elliott from Better Bikes in Beverly Hills and 
Betterbike.org. And um, yeah, that was, I think we had a lot of uh, great, great uh, ideas. So thanks for coming in. Thanks very much. <laughs>